Welcome to the Digital Workflow Dentistry Podcast Series. We help dentists adapt, adopt, and advance in the world of dental technology. For more information about upcoming lectures, webinars, and podcasts, please go to our website, www.digitalworkflowdentist.com, at Instagram, at Digital Workflow Dentistry. Good afternoon, dental internet world. My name is Dr. Vishal Sharma, and I'm once again here alongside my friend and colleague, Dr. Mike Parchewski. Mike, it is snowing profusely outside. You might say the weather outside is frightful. It's nice to be sitting here next to you. I would be a stretch to say it's delightful. And with that Christmas jingle, uh, we are going to be recording our final podcast of the year in which we'll be summarizing some of our best tips and discussing the podcast throughout 2021. Good to see you, Mike. Good to see you as well. Um, Maybe I'll I'll open by just saying, um, you know, since our last podcast, uh, we had a little bit of a a lag there just with uh, you on vacation. How how was the uh, month-long trip to Italy? Yeah, it was fantastic. It exceeded expectations, probably the best way to describe it. And, uh, you know... I've, I've just told a lot of our patients that uh, you, I didn't really know that I needed a vacation until I was on vacation. And one of the interesting aspects with the pandemic, and I know you're the same, just the lack of opportunity to take a vacation has really meant that I have not taken time off. In fact, uh, my manager was telling me only one day off for personal uh, time since the start of the pandemic or since we came back to work. So no, it was fantastic. I actually did record uh, a webinar and gave a Zoom presentation while I was in Florence. Uh, the time change meant it was very, very late, but the trip was fantastic. Yeah. How have things been with you? Obviously, it's a busy time of year for us yeah. uh, in dentistry. You were recently at the Dentsply Serona Academy to give your first live course. Tell us about that course and how everything went for it. It was good. It was really nice to see the Academy, uh, to get to see everybody there. Um, it was, we still were on a virtual, uh, program, um, but it was really nice to be at the Academy to see all the equipment, to see, see all the layouts, um, to get to see what we're going to be doing next year with the SIM lab and, and how we're going to be able to, uh, do some live mannequin training and using those models that we're 3d printing, uh, for implant placement and hands-on courses. So I think 2022 is quite exciting. And I think as long as we, keep this whole uh, vaccination and these other variants at bay. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll be able to thrive in 2022. Yeah, I, I struggle to keep uh, the steps for bonding zirconia and Emacs uh, straight in my mind as it is. Now that we're incorporating all these Greek alphabet letters, I'm really, really struggling. So just information overload. In regards to 2022, our next podcast, we're going to be discussing a lot of the uh, teaching and presentations that you and I are going to be giving uh, next year. Uh, you'll be heavy in the CBCT and implant world. Looks like an exciting uh, calendar. I saw that. And for me, it'll be heavy in the SureSmile world and the uh, CERAC restorative aspect as well. And then excited to announce that you and I are getting our return back to PDC. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah just wasn't the same uh, without you and I there last year. Obviously, the pandemic might have had something to do with that as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, excited to be getting back there. Let's move into discussing our year in review. Hard to believe how many podcasts we've actually done. We've had some um, fantastic guests, uh, Adrian Moroli, Anthony Denunzio, uh, Neki Jamal, uh, who obviously with this third molar online program was a great guest to have. Uh, Josh Egebrotten from the... 
um, uh, veterinary or the, uh, the vet hospital from um, Minnesota. Yep. What's the term that I'm looking for for our American colleagues? Um, for... For the hospital that he's working oh, at. Oh, is that the VA? The VA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Not, not to be confused with uh, <laughs> animal uh, dentistry. Um, and then our good friend, uh, Valinder Dacey, was here to discuss some zirconia bonding. Uh, let's jump into it. So the highlights for me certainly would involve uh, zirconia bonding. It's an exciting material. Densply Serona has come out with their newest zirconia material as well, which with the PrimeScan and uh, PrimeMill system. Uh, works faster, stronger, more aesthetic. So I think that's a, an exciting part of, of dentistry moving forward where we're having added strength and bondability. Um, so that was something that was exciting for me. Uh, what about you? Um, well, you know, I, I agree with that. I'm maybe on that topic. So that new zirconia that's coming out is a monolithic zirconia mm-hmm. that has an internal shading. And it's a thousand megapascal strength. Is that, yeah. And, and that block, is it called the MT block? Yeah, I believe it's called the MT block. It's yeah. not commercially yet available, but as we know, some of our uh, key opinion leaders, Volander AC, has been, have been demoing it. And uh, so far, the reviews are great. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures he posted. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. Now, just review for everybody when you're bonding your zirconia, what are the, the key steps that you're doing? So uh, the acronym or, or the three letters are APC. Um, essentially, you want to have uh, an air abrasion unit, uh, just light air abrasion to uh, condition the intaglio surface. Uh, you want to have um, some sort of a, an ADP conditioning agent on the inside. So, you know, Monobon makes one and a few of the other uh, companies do as well. Like, like Z Prime. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And yeah. that's obviously just going to uh, create a surface that along with the mechanical uh, air abrasion aspect, will provide for some chemical uh, adhesion. Uh, and then just a composite um, restorative uh, cement. Okay. Uh, and obviously, you know, any of the uh, major manufacturers would, would make that. So that's the APC aspect with it. Um, and that's essentially what we need. Those are the three external steps that are going to be a bit different than cementing uh, zirconia for sure. Yeah, I think it's been a game changer for a lot of people where they can actually still fabricate in uh, tough areas uh, conservative zirconia mm-hmm. restorations but still have them stay in place right I think that's the big difference for me is the aspect on conservative yeah. you know especially when you're you're putting an indirect restoration in the tooth for the first time there's a lot of healthy enamel you know cutting all that away uh, it just seems like it's antiquated dentistry. Yep. And I, I'm excited to see what the more conservative preparations with bonding zirconia, what it leads to in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for my, you know, from, for me to push forward and one of the other topics I found that has been a, a big one through 2022 is the, the concept of the digital exam. And the key that people have to understand is in the digital exam, it's, it's visual is far more easier than verbal for patients or what they read or what they hear. Mm-hmm. Um, they can comprehend on the visual side a lot faster and a lot more information. So literally, a picture is worth a thousand words. So we have to re, like, th- rethink the way we are doing our tr- case presentations. And what we want to be doing is showing the patients the pictures, the images of the CBCT um, so that they can see what we're seeing, understanding what we're thinking, um, but being able to see their own teeth um, is far more powerful than 
the old way of where we just tell them, you know, we're looking in a little explorer, we're picking away, you need a cat, you have a, you know, filling here, filling there, you need a crown and you walk out. Um, those days are gone and it, um, it's way more powerful for your patient to be able to see the CBCT with an implant planned um, than it is for them, uh, for you just to tell them, yeah, we can put an implant, I'll see you on Thursday. You know, so I think the visualization, people have to realize that and add that to their armamentarium. And I believe that digital impressions have given us that ability mm -hmm. to allow patients to visualize their teeth better. Yeah, no, I, I would certainly agree. You do a great presentation on uh, implant treatment planning and simultaneously doing case presentation. Prior to coming over here, we had a, a team meeting earlier just discussing some of the implant workflow, specifically Atlantis. I know you're a big Atlantis user and uh, I as of late have been doing a lot more with a lot of success. So we were walking through the, that with the team and I was just discussing with my associate, you know, they, they should really start to incorporate that um, comprehensive treatment planning uh, diagnosis simultaneous session. So from the CBCT aspect, implant training, it's great. Obviously for us, uh, for the digital exam, the prime scan is the central part of that process. Yeah. And even today, I had a husband-wife combination who came in from out of town uh, to see us. And I'm finding that I'm not spending as much time on the photography, Mike. When you just have that toggling uh, image or toggleable image on the Prime Scan, it's it's a fantastic piece of um, equipment for sure. So I know I would wholeheartedly agree with you. That it's an exciting part of dentistry. For those of you who are not yet doing it, jump into it for sure. Yeah, and I think we sometimes forget we scan a patient to take a set of models and we forget that you know, we can actually use that as a demonstration piece, right? And I think that's important for us to remember. A lot of the things that we take for granted, that we see, that we understand, and as, as dental experts, um, what we're, we're passing on to our patients, patients see it all now too. They're on Instagram, they're on um, all the, the social platforms, and they can look it up on Google. So, you know, you need to have them part of the process, right? Yeah, no, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. So... Um, you know, one of the other highlights of uh, our year, as I mentioned, uh, Neki Jamal, not something that falls within my uh, wheelhouse anymore, wisdom tooth extractions. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll never forget the quote, uh, your flap is sloppy, yeah. I think is, uh, is the turning point for him. Interesting guy, very energetic, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, not a lot that the world of digital dentistry, with the exception of CBCT, is doing for wisdom teeth, though, Mike, is there? No, I think just planning out the nerve um, and and to be able to appreciate uh, the position of the tooth um, in in the bone and with the nerve by using your CBCT is, is really the key there. Um, but it was really interesting just to see you know somebody that is teaching and training mm -hmm. how they've incorporated uh, the CBCT as the sort of the main hub for how they not only teach uh, the wisdom teeth extraction but um, how they perform it and plan it, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and obviously leaning on technology is important. But one of the things that I really like about uh, Neki's platform is that he, he's taken something that is, is fairly complex, um, something where a lot of dentists maybe have some trepidation to jump into. Obviously, you have a, a surgical, strong surgical background. But for those of us who don't, uh, he's really just simplified that and broken it down into steps that give us that confidence. And, and I like that, you know, technology does that for me on a daily basis, but I like the fact that he took a complex surgical procedure with a bit of technology and broke that down. So he's not yet motivated me to get back into uh, wisdom <laughs> teeth extractions. It's still my associate's purview, but uh, no, it was a, a, a great energetic guest to have for sure. Yeah, no doubt. 
Yeah. Um, another uh, big one that we talked about in a couple of our sessions was uh, digital planning for, for implants. And on that front, again, one of those processes is actually the, the consult and the case presentation. But also, was we've talked a lot about um, the key when it comes to implant planning, um, using your software, merging in the, the digital impression with the CBCT into something like Simplant or CCAT implant or Galaxis, and then being able to plan that implant so you, you can crown down approach it. You know where the crown's going to go, so you, you plan that implant for the center of the crown, center of the bone. Um, and we've, you know, one of the key things that we've talked about this year is the, is the yellow line. And on the CCAT implant, the yellow line refers to the gingiva. So when you overlay um, the digital scan, you'll have a representation of the gingiva. And when you're looking at your cross section, you can see that line. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, you know, big things this year that we've been, been sort of passing on um, and, you know, and big trainers, um, you know, like zero bone loss concepts and things like that have been harping on that implants need biologic width too. And that magic number is three to four millimeters. And so if you place an implant and you've only got one millimeter of tissue thickness above that implant, the bone will drop down in order to regain biologic width. So if you can, when you're doing your planning, if you can plan your implant position and placement based on that yellow line, and you can actually measure from that yellow line to the top of your implant to find out if you have one millimeter, two millimeters, three millimeters, <clears throat> That's going to give you an idea. Do you have to go subcrestal? How far subcrestal do you have to go? If you're doing an immediate implant placement, where should you put it? And so, following the gingival architecture, the adjacent teeth, I think has been a, has been a big help for the for the students that I've trained, um, and has been a big um, actually a shift for helping people when they're planning implants because everybody's looking at the crown or everybody's looking at the bone, and and so I've been teaching people look at that yellow line, look at the gingiva. And remember that you want the gingiva to be as much as even as possible, okay, with your implant position. So you don't have one millimeter here, and then at the at the lingual, it's it's six millimeters mm -hmm. deep. Um, profile implants do help with that, and and you know different angulations. But try to get uniform thickness of the gingiva. But let's try to be three to four millimeters of that yellow line. Now there's a lot. Of, if you can't do it, and you're planning, the best thing about the planning is you haven't done anything yet. So when you're planning, you, you can figure out all the hurdles. Should you bone graph? Should you augment? So if you're running into these hurdles where the yellow line's not fitting or the, there's not enough bone or you've got sinus issues, now you plan plan B. How do I correct this? And that's the key about planning, right? Yeah, totally. You want to obviously uh, circumvent issues before they transpire. It's just incredible that we can utilize digital scanning technology to determine the depth of the gingiva over top of bone tissue and implant planning. No, it's uh, the digital implant planning has been a big practice builder for us. As you know, you've been doing it for a lot longer than we have. And just how simplistic the technology has made it. It's, it's a few computerized steps, but it, it's, it's made that process pretty streamlined and easy for sure. Yeah. When I tell patients, I say, look, I've already, I've already pre pretty much done it. I've just pl virtually placed your implant so when I go to your mouth, it's that easy. It'll only take a few minutes. Patients are kind of blown away. Now, one of the other big, big topics, like I would say, um, you know, when when Adrian was on, he said it's the biggest growing market mm -hmm. in the world is aligner therapy. And, um, you know, we happen to have an expert on, on aligner therapy here. And so you've been speaking a ton about SureSmile and about aligner therapy. 
Can you bring everybody up to speed where things are at right now? Because I know there were some um, updates coming or mm -hmm. in process with the the layout and the um, uh, the the template board, like where yeah. you're, where you're the interface. So tell us where that's at right now, and what are some of the key things uh, for people to think about with SureSmile? Yeah, you know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because one of the great things about SureSmile is the ability to add on. Uh, adjunctive orthodontic treatments to treat more complex cases, you know, whether you're talking about uh, inter-arch elastics, a carrier appliance, a Crozat, etc. The software is more conducive to those advanced applications. The challenge for that, of course, is the advanced software is a bit onerous for a new user, especially for those of us who are accustomed to you know, a line tech or Invisalign's clean checks, which is much more simplistic. So SureSmile and Densplastron has been working to make that more straightforward. It's not complex software, Mike, by any stretch of the imagination, but if you are perpetually an Apple user and I give you a Samsung phone for the first couple of days, you're going to be very, very annoyed and struggle with that. That's just human nature. What I really like about where SureSmile is going is it's really being geared towards obviously still the advanced user, but they're doing a really good job of gearing towards people wanting to get into it. So a lot of our courses up until right now are things to avoid, uh, which things to take on, which cases are going to be really straightforward, what your criteria for success is, and what you can uh, do to maximize the orthodontic opportunities within your practice. It's gratifying work. You know, like implants are great. Wisdom tooth extractions, when it comes out, can be fantastic as well. But, you know, that end result on an ortho result, six months six months later, two years later, three years at a recall later, you get that pride of accomplishment as a dentist. I'm not sure if you feel the same way when you see that the wisdom tooth hasn't grown back two years or three years later. Fairly happy. But, fairly but that's that's one of the things that I really like about clear aligner therapy. And, and SureSmile just seems to be doing a lot uh, in terms of making that more accessible to the everyday dentist and obviously those everyday patients. Next year at the academy, we're going to be doing some uh, level two or more advanced uh, ortho uh, seminars, which just involve more complex cases with some more expansion, uh, closing the bite, obviously using more adjunctive treatments and just um, just plastic. But I, I think it's a really exciting time. You're right, Adrian was saying it's the largest growing field in dentistry, over 36% growth year over year. Uh, younger people are more interested in having healthy bites with straighter teeth, making uh, hygiene easier. Everyone wants a nicer smile. So that trifecta combination works uh, great. How has your journey been with it? Um, I would say I'm in the, you know, I, I do like it. And I'm, we're like, I have a, an associate that does the complex stuff. Um, I do want to take your level two course for sure, because I think that will be huge for me. I mean, I've taken the level one and two and some of the adjunctive courses with Invisalign um, as well. But I really want to see the more advanced programming features on the SureSmile. We've done a ton, like where I kind of get excited is when I can 3D print and make the, the yeah. aligners myself. So I we do a lot of those for fun on like five or six tray cases or something like that where I can get a patient done and we can make the models and we can do it ourselves. It's, it's just, I find that kind of 
uh, from a techno geeky uh, manner, really fun and, and that's uh, rewarding. Um, getting into the complex cases with a with elastics and that. Um, Dr. Amanda Krivenchuk, who works with me, yeah. she's like a, a mad genius, and she'll do bracketing combined with um, aligners. So I, I just leave that to the expert. Um, but I do want to learn more. I really am looking forward to taking that that level two course. Yeah, it's offered. We've got four dates in Toronto next year, so uh, you know I'm, I'm sure I can uh, save you seat. I know a guy who knows a guy. So nice. yeah. Well, speaking of uh, the techno geek, geek aspect. Uh, we just had a call from our friend Anthony Denunzio uh, right before we started recording asking about some uh, 3D uh, printing questions. So where do you see the world of 3D printing going for you specifically within your dental office for next year, Mike? Um, I think right now we're we're using the 3D printer for applications of, of you know, the Essex retainers, models, um, the do-it-yourself, the, the sure smile. Um, I think, you know, I, I would like to dabble into, I think what I'd like to be able to do is I want to, and I've been playing around with the in-lab and I'd like to get to where I can make uh, an upper 3D printed um, denture prosthetic mm -hmm. that I'm relining on a set of implants and I can do that all, all in office. Um, yes, I can have Eunice, uh, love those guys, and I can have them fabricate that for me. But if I could do it, in office, off the in-lab software, just again from that 3D printing geek manner, I think it would be pretty cool that you can do that. Yeah, it's a huge, obviously, service to patients, some cost-saving measures from that component as well. And then, you know, from a transitional restorative perspective where you're having to do, you know, relines or tissue conditioning, et cetera, you know, I can obviously see the benefit for that. We did a little bit of um, denture training together, geez, uh, I must have been a year ago in your office. It's way beyond my area of expertise, but for some of the complex uh, implants that you're uh, placing, I can see there being some applications. For us, really, it'll be waiting for Sarah Guide 3 and uh, easy printing application, and then more specifically getting into just more SureSmile uh, printing. I think we've got that system down pat. Um, it is time consuming, there's no doubt from that perspective, but we are taking on some more and more complex cases. And I have to say, Mike, I'm not noticing any difference from the aligners that we're fabricating versus the ones that are coming from any of the companies. Nice. Yeah. Um, so obviously uh, exciting from that perspective. And you guys, are you guys using the, the Drufo mat? We are. Yeah, yeah, same with us. Yeah, and I, you know, uh, anything short of the Drufo mat, uh, the quality is just going to be inferior. Yeah. And I think the um, the nuanced aspect with the Drufo mat, especially with the air system coming into it, makes just a, a huge difference. Don't ask me how to use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't ask me how to spell Drufamat either or who Dr. Drufamat was. But no, it's a great system from that perspective. Yeah, and don't ask me to carry it around the office. <laughs> That's right. It's a robust unit. There's no yeah. doubt. Um, so another another guest we had was Dr. Amrish Khanna uh, from Calgary here in in, in his um, his talk, and he had his brother Amri or uh, his brother Vic with him as well. And their talk was on team culture. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think some of the takeaways from that was the importance of the team huddle, the importance of of using your software in your office to generate snapshots of your patient. Uh, to be able to have those discussions, to be able to go into your rooms more prepared, to know you know which technologies you, you're going to need in which rooms, to be able to present to your patients and have that open communication. But I think one of the things that I took away from that was that the huddle's not just about the the patients. 
It's actually more about the team and that Monday morning huddle is about how the team is and centering the team because COVID has been stressful and, and centering the team, focusing on the team, focusing on how their weekends were, focusing on what people's goals are, making sure everybody's goals are on the, on the same pathway. And I think that has been uh, really exciting for me is that like sometimes you just have to get defocused off of dentistry and more focused on your team. And, you know, so you had talked to me about the, the coffee chat. And, mm. and so we've implemented that. And I think that has been a big one for us. Yeah. Uh, just the morale boost and keeping everybody on the, on the same, uh, same frame of mind. And I, I don't think you can ever uh, underestimate the power of, of what you put into your team is what you get out of it in your practice. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very, very good point. Obviously, we've heard for years and years investing in your team, spending the time to take them on courses and to educate them and ensure that they understand what your motivations are on these courses. So when you come back, everyone's on the same page. But I, I think it does go further than that. And the pandemic has really brought into contrast uh, the difference between dental education and uh, team culture building. And it's been challenging. The The Monday morning coffee was sort of fantastic for us getting back from um, COVID. Uh, we're looking to do some more, cut the day short and do some team building or team meetings at the end of our shorter days and kind of continue on with that. And then, you know, you also have to be really cognizant of, of people's time. I think they there's more challenges in people's home life as well. So I, I'm excited to get back to traveling where we can do maybe a bit more team education we are still trying to strategize and come up with any new great ideas to continue team development as well. Um, and uh, I, I think that that it will be a central point with uh, dental offices moving forward. We all know across North America that it doesn't matter what industry you're in, whether it's dental, whether it's tech, uh, hiring is challenging. And so incentivizing and motivating and keeping your team engaged, I think, is intrinsic to any business and especially in one that's as challenging and stressful uh, as dentistry can be. Right. So, yeah, for sure. And then alcohol helps. Right. <laughs> it always works. Um, you and I are in a uh, WhatsApp group chat that discusses uh, sleep apnea. You're a very active uh, participant in it. And I need to uh, do a bit more to uh, chime in with my two cents. Uh, but discuss where the concepts of sleep apnea treatment are going. It's obviously been a big part of both of our practices and, and really, if not the thing that we get the most positive feedback on from patients, especially male patients, it's right up there at the top. So what's uh, coming down the pipeline, Mike? Well, there's been some, you know, algorithm shifts, um, you know, with the, a lot of people are using the matrix users. And so currently right now that technology is on hold. Uh, there is a group uh, we're we're trying to resurrect that and bring that technology back to the market. So you know we're fingers crossed that we can bring that that inf that back and people can start using that technology to figure out who responders are and and positional. So there's been a bit of a change uh, where we've we've had to uh, look at uh, other options. And so some what some people are doing from an algorithm perspective is. You know, you'll have your cases that are mild cases, mild sleep apnea cases, low AHIs, primary snoring. You know, you're pretty safe to go into your appliance and titrate and check and confirm efficacy. Um, but on the more comprehensive cases, you know, what we're trying to do is, is, is say, okay, well, we're, we're going to still want 
some sort of theragnostic information. So how can we do that? And so what we've been doing is is fabricating trial appliances, yeah. and and we just do like a, a one night test without and a one night test at a fifty percent protrusion, and just follow what the and then we send it for our report, and then we have the sleep physician who sees okay what's happening at day zero and, and what's happening. Uh, with or with nothing in their mouth and what's happening when they have an oral appliance and they can kind of feed back in their report if they feel that that's going to be a successful route. So I still like the idea on a, a case that is a bit more comprehensive to do a little test uh, before I, I have the patient incur that cost. And, and I'd say that's where we're at, using the airway scans, looking at airways, mm-hmm. um, keeping an eye on adjunctive care like sinuses and, and air, being able to move air and on a lot of the adjunctive things that we can recommend to patients. And, and that's kind of where we're at. Just getting, and also getting patients more aware. And I think health is becoming a bigger factor for people through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They're not traveling as much, so they're trying to look after themselves. And so I think um, more people are, are focusing on their health. Yeah, I'm, uh, exciting uh, times, certainly. I hope that the uh, predictive aspect of the matrix diagnostic test gets back online. Um, you know, it's just, we, t- we discussed predictability and accurate outcomes, and that's a device that certainly helped enable us to get sleep uh, dialed in and done properly right from the get-go. So yep. uh, fingers crossed that we uh, get that uh, relaunched. Um, you know, another aspect, we discussed SARAC, especially earlier on in the year. I'm actually heading uh, to Phoenix next week uh, to uh, head to the SeaDoc uh, Center in Scottsdale uh, to help with uh, a level uh, two course, uh, Dan Butterman's going to be leading it. So you always pick up on some great pearls of wisdom uh, with him leading a course. Uh, so, you know, in, in terms of that aspect, and it's an exciting world with SARAC, especially with all of the new restorative materials that are coming out. It's uh, a plethora of them. Some of them can be overwhelming uh, to the uninitiated. Um, but uh, excited to see what some of the new softwares have to hold, especially in the implant and anterior aesthetics world. Any thoughts for you on where you're taking your CEREC restorative journey? No, I do like the idea of uh, incorporating the, um, like a digital wax up more often and doing it faster uh, so I can add that into my presentation workflows and into new patients and, mm. and so be able to give somebody a rapid mock-up uh, of an anterior case is something we're playing around with with the yeah. software, trying to do that quicker. Uh, you've given me a few tips on that. So, you know, out- outlining just sort of a, f- a phantom margin and, um, you know, not going all the way to the gum line, but just taking it over the height of contour. And then, boom, give yourself um, the the um, um, proposal. Oh, yeah. And then you're able to take a look at the at that quite quickly. And I've even done where we've 3D printed the before model and 3D printed the, the wax up because then some they have something to hold in their hand. Yeah. And so that that's pretty cool. So I am I, I think that's a real cool piece is the um, being able to digitally do the uh, cosmetic planning. Um, and then I, otherwise, like you said, it's um, the, the advancements that are coming in the guides and the being able to do I think, you know, being able to 3D print uh, Serac Guide 3 will be a big uh, feature that I think will be out in 2022. Oracheck software, hopefully that'll finally become available. Um, yeah, that's kind of where it's at for me there. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what the world uh, of uh, Serac Restorative Dentistry has to, to hold. And, and, you know, a big uh, aspect for our Prime Scan and, and one of the online webinars that I'm giving is re- related to 
using the prime scan as a diagnostic tool for digital occlusion. Yep. Um, you know, I can't even remember the last time RT scan came out of its little yeah, uh, cubby yeah. area. It's been fantastic from that perspective. And so, um, you know, a big part of what we're doing with the SureSmile presentations as well is utilizing that prime scan scanning technology to show through co-discovery where the improvements can be made for a patient. And, and one of the primary aspects is heavy bite, you know, or an imbalanced bite. So, yeah. yeah. And obviously big for your uh, the implant world for you as well. Yeah. And I like I said, the digital exam side, showing your patient how their bite is, um, planning for TMJ or occlusion issues or wear cases, looking at the wear patterns on their teeth. You, you, it's amazing how much you see. And it's also amazing as you start to, um, you know, get re-excited about occlusion and stuff. And, and when you're using this and you're, you're, the visualization of seeing the red and the wear and that prompts you much faster into uh, looking at these complex cases and when you're missing those complex planning or, or you get a case that, you know, let's say, you know, came out of hygiene, patient needed a filling and then end up getting booked with you. And then it's funny when some of these harder things that look easy, they end up being harder. And you look back at that scan and you look at the bite and you're like, well, that's the problem. Yeah. You know, we've got some fundamental issues and it really brings you back to thinking um, more comprehensive again with our patients and taking that time. And I, I've noticed COVID's helped. So we're not just like triaging as much and we're we're really taking the patients that are walking in and having time so that we're able to go comprehensive we're able to look at those so i think that's been really good um you know vish i think the last thing that i had on our list to touch on what that was new this year uh was the tessera crown mm-hmm. um so give me your take um on that on the on that new crown you know, it's it's a cool material, obviously, especially if you have the entire uh, workflow with the Speedfire oven uh, and the Prime Mill. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of strength, a little bit more radiopaque than um, Emacs, but stronger. And I'll tell you, the marginal finishing on it, Mike, is is fantastic. Like zirconia is sort of a next level with cutting into carbide, uh, using carbide burrs, cutting into a softer green face material, but. Uh, it's been really good. Densply Sorna has doubled down, obviously, on the materials in the last uh, little while, and I'm excited to see what else is, is coming down. But no, I really like Tessera. I'm a big lithium disilicate user, so this falls right in with that aspect. Um, so between zirconia and uh, you know lithium disilicate, that is 99% of what we're doing right now. So I've been, yep. been happy with it. What's your uh, experience been so far? Same thing. Yeah. Uh, we've had we've had good success. Um, you can feel the strength when you're mm-hmm. adjusting them, yeah, but yet it's still nice to adjust. Um, and um, so far, we've placed quite a few of them over the year, probably about 40, 50 of them. Yeah. And uh, we haven't had any, any, you know, I mean, it's early, but we haven't had any issues, debonding, fractures, or any, any problems to date. Um, we've done some anterior cases, and you, you know, they're, the, you really need the height, the HT for those. Yeah. The even the HT is a little more opaque than an HT Emacs, so you have to be a bit cautious about that. Mm. Um, and then the MT is, I think, if you're gonna go over a root canal tooth or a darker tooth, MT is more than enough. I don't think you really need the LT very much. In my in my hands, the it's the MT and the HT. MT can be a work workhorse in the posteriors per mm-hmm. se. 
and then HT in the anterior. And I know there are some shades that are not yet. They're in MT, but not in HT. Yeah, that's right. And I think it's B1 um, is is not yet available in HT. So some of those are coming. And, yeah. And I mean, it's a new product and that's to be expected. You well, know. there's supply chain issues, you know, all over the world. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, Mike, whether you're in dental or, you know, whether you're on uh, Santa's uh, naughty or definitely his nice list. Uh, that certainly happens. Um, we're going to wrap up our podcast on uh, that aspect. You know, you're discussing in digital occlusion, the red heavy spot. It just made me think of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So I think we're due for uh, a rum and eggnog. And this would be a perfect time to sign off. Wish everyone a uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. And we'll see you in the new year. And yeah, and watch out for the green face. <laughs> <laughs> you guys take care. Please uh, like or subscribe below and uh, Digital Workflow Dentistry is our Instagram handle and digitalworkflowdentist.com is our website and on our Instagram is the best place to find all the upcoming lectures that we are going to be doing in 2022 and that reminds me that I need to sit down and post all those. Yeah. But everybody take care and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thanks.